Welcome to the Untitled Podcast User's Guide. Episodes run approximately 40 minutes and are best enjoyed during attentive listening. Each show will begin with samples associated with the theme of the program in order to add context to the discussions that follow. If at any time during the podcast, you experience nausea, pain, or discomfort, please discontinue further use and immediately consult a musician. Thank you and enjoy the shows. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss questionable artistic decisions, or, in layman's terms, bad music. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. All the tired horses in the sun, how am I supposed to get in it right and done? I've come to understand as an adult that there had been abuse in my family, but it was mostly musical in nature. music because I was miserable, or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? It had to be you. The rhythm of love. Relax. Get busy with the facts. No zodiacs or almanacs. I love you, daddy. But I found my idea of band or an artist betraying themselves and their fans and the whole world by actions that just don't seem to make sense, obviously chasing a trend or doing something desperate, and sometimes they just lose their minds. And now Yoko's gonna do a thing all over you. No, God, no, God, please, no, 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 God, please, no, 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 John Lennon was really kind of wanting to piss all over the Beatle thing, and I think it could be said that he was uh, the first serious artist to intentionally drive a wedge between himself and his audience. Oh, well, the, well, the stuff he did with with Yoko that right. was that was beyond provocative. Yeah. He, he wasn't he wasn't provoking the public; he was provoking the Beatles. I think he was intentionally <laughs> provoking everyone. John met Yoko. Yoko was this avant-garde artist. Right. You know, and I think he wanted to be that, but he couldn't be that because he was in this pop band. Right. Love is what it takes to dream. Yo, it's pop quiz time. Can you guess which band this is?
terribly sorry but that is the wrong answer. The correct answer is Black Sabbath. Real. I would not bullshit you. And then this was what happens when management or record labels get involved. Right. In this case, it's Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis Presley's manager. Mm. And one of the worst atrocities ever committed on music and fans was this album called Having Fun with Elvis on Stage. Have you heard this? I have not. There's nothing here but banter between songs. And it's not like Springsteen. So we grew up in the 60s. We grew up... With war on TV every night. A war that your friends were involved in. Springsteen's between song banters would be humorous or touching or, or yeah, thoughtful uh, or something. The next time they're gonna be looking at you, blind faith in your leaders or in anything will get you killed. But this, there's nothing there. Here, let me play you a sample. All right, yeah. Before the evening is over, I will have made it complete. Total fool of myself. I hope you get a kick out of watching it. Uh, one of my first records that I made, I mean, I recorded back in 1927, I think it was. People bought this? Here we go again, man. It's like my horse just left. Mm -hmm. That's it, it just tapers off to nothing. Wait, that was... That was an album. An album of that? Well, this is th that's Tom Parker making money off of Elvis's voice. Not, not even, you know, not even using his voice in an artistic way. That's him making money off of his voice. So there's no music. It's just that. It is two sides of vinyl. That, if I, if I were a fan at that time, if I were a huge Elvis fan, I'd have been pissed. Yeah, that, that's, that's awful. You can't be a musician, Elvis. You have to make shitty movies. Yeah. Did, did he even make a good movie? Hey, you, sideburns. I got a chick down here who wants to hear you sing. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Well, I, why don't you come around to the theater tomorrow afternoon? Now, I told my girl I'd get you to sing, fella. She wants to hear you sing right now. <laughs> Say, what's the trouble, Ed? There's no trouble, sir. Do you mind if I sing a little song with these folks? Well, no, he well. don't mind. Go ahead, sideburns. Sing. Okay, I'll sing. I got a woman here, she can be. Colonel Tom Parker just screwed Elvis, he screwed his fans, he screwed rock and roll. I wanted to mention that when I was talking about doing this podcast, that I didn't want to focus on artists I hate. I want to do artists that I love. Yeah. I want to do artists that I care about. Yeah. And I don't want to tear them down. Yeah! But. I still want to acknowledge that sometimes the things they do make you say, what the Protect the wild, tomorrow's child. Protect the land from the greed of man. Take out the dams, stand up to oil. Protect the plants and renew the soil. Who's gonna stand up and save the earth? Who's gonna say that she's had enough? Who's gonna take on the big machine? Who's gonna stand up and save the earth? This all starts with you and Hippies all around me, they're everywhere. They want to save the earth, but all they do is smoke pot and smell bad. 
And this is the same guy who wrote After the Gold Rush, but he's Neil Young. He can do whatever he wants. And we have lots of our favorite artists that do these kinds of things. You lose that artistic hunger when the money starts coming in. I mean, there's probably just a handful of bands that became very, very successful and still put out quality. Right. Okay, and Rush is the one that I'm thinking. <clears throat> but Rush had their period too. They 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 still put out good music when they when they hit their synth period. Okay, they they still put out good music. It was just different. Every established band that found themselves in the 80s, there's just a lot of trendy bullshit. But there are, there are synth people who were really into it. I think genuinely, this is what Rush wanted to do. Right. And I appreciate that very much. I don't think they were, in this case, chasing a trend or being desperate. It just turned out that this is where they wanted to be. But they lost me for a while there. Well, it went off the rails, and if you look at Rush's catalog, I mean, they came up with Signals, which was a great record, and they were starting to put the synths into a lot of their songs, and then they went too far. But you look at when they started pulling back from that, they hit the peak, or, or the depth, I guess you could say, of, of all of that synth, and started coming back. Let's acknowledge the fanboys and yourself being one that, I love Rush, and we're going to do a show on Rush and how great they are. Tell me this, have you ever bought an album and got it home and listened to it and you were so you wanted to throw it against the wall? I know that when Metallica came out with Saint Anger, I listened to it one time and threw it out the window of my car. What was the thing that hit you first, the shitty lyrics or that snare sound? It was the snare drum at first, but it was it was the bad writing. And I think this is where Lars wants Metallica to be artists with a capital A. He didn't want any guitar solos, just long songs. It's pure riffing, and then I guess the idea for that snare sound came from crappy recordings from like Iggy Pop or something in the 70s. They are a great band, but man, every once in a while they come out with dog shit. Insane Anger, I listen to it every few years. I'll throw it on to see if, you know, maybe my tastes have changed or I come around to it. It's just a terrible record. He's kind of let it be known that he wants Metallica to, to be on a level that's not just pure entertainment. And uh, he's pursued that with their art, their videos, and their stage shows, and the weird collaboration with Lou Reed whom I love, and this was Lou Reed's last album, and it was, there was a huge caterwaul against it. Everyone freaked out. 
I'm kind of surprised that Lou took it so personally. He's done this before. When he did Metal Machine Music, it was a double album of nothing but feedback. But still, uh, as much as I love Lou Reed and as much as I would like this project to work, it, it's pretty tough going. I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of Boris Karloff and Kinski in the dark of the moon. It made me dream of Nosferatu trapped on the Isle of Dr. Moreau. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? What Lou should have done is just put this out as a solo album, downplayed the whole Metallica thing and just let people find out about it instead of going out and saying, this is a Lou Reed and Metallica album and setting up these huge expectations. He didn't announce who his band was on any other album, so it would have been cool to have them on the down low to where very few people know or they just kind of noticed as they bought the album or it leaked out. But doing the publicity, pictures, and the shows, that, that didn't help. That was a great album cover, though. It seems like every established artist came into the 80s and just didn't know what to do, floundered around, put on the tacky clothes and turned up the synthesizers and looked like a joke. I can't watch videos from that era of bands I took seriously. Then the 80s was just cancer on music for the most part. Except for the underground. There was a lot of great music in the American underground in the 80s and we're going to get to that. But the stuff on the charts, mostly garbage. Okay, here's a tough one. What about Pink Floyd? Oh, I, I love Pink Floyd. I love Pink Floyd, too. I, I love that band. Well, when I was a kid, uh, I mean, we went through in the last podcast how my father turned me on to a lot of rock and roll. Right. Um, Pink Floyd, The Wall is where, okay. is where I started, and I think that's where a lot of people start. You say first, what did you think of Momentary Lapse of Reason? But A Momentary Lapse of Reason? Again, here's a band in the 80s just losing the plot. It was very weak. You're going to make me listen to Momentary Lapse of Reason again. It's been like two decades since I've even tried, yeah, and, and now I'm going to it. Well, and you're going to go back and listen to it and be like, God, it's worse than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> There were certain things that were interesting to me, like there's a song called On the Turning Away. That's a, that's actually a good song. That's a good song, and it has a killer guitar song.
that's the thing with Gilmore. Gilmore is one of those guys where he, he's not playing a million notes a minute, but, I mean, I could play a million notes, you know, I could play, play a billion notes for the rest of my life and not one will sound as good as him playing just a single, single note. But the dogs of war, you know, it's like, uh, and the lyrics kill me. Yeah, I remember Dogs of War, and I remember how it goes, but now I'm going to have to go back and, and really listen to it again. Oh, that's terrible. It makes me pissed off to even think about it. It's a bad song when a song makes you angry. Here's a funny story about that. Kelly and I go and see this Pink Floyd tribute thing, right? Uh-huh. And I intentionally got us really good close-up seats, mm-hmm. so I couldn't see. I saw there was a set list on stage, and so I said, can you read that? And she goes, I think if I lean over I can read that I said all I want to know is what's the first song and she's like something about dogs and I said was it just dogs or was it dogs of war it's dogs of war Momentary Lapse of Reason was about cash. Did you buy any Roger Waters solo albums? I didn't. I've listened to a, to a couple of them, but I, I never really got into the whole Roger Waters solo thing. And I've had some people tell me that I should. No, you shouldn't. Now I'm actually curious. I might actually go check out the catalog just to hear how bad it is. This is Richard Skinner in London presenting a BBC Rock Hour special where I'll be talking with Pink Floyd's Roger Waters about his new hit album, The Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking, a concept built around the dreams and nightmares of one man's disturbed night's sleep, featuring the unmistakable guitar playing of Eric Clapton. It has a terrible concept. Mm. It's unlistenable. That's like as bad as it gets when you're talking about music, when something is unlistenable. Yes. All the songs are basically times. So it'll be like 5 a.m., 5.15 a.m., 7.30 a.m., 6.20 p.m. So so Roger Waters was making a concept record with a, a dull concept. We were moving away from the border Looking for somewhere to sleep Hitchhikers slumped in the bags. Roger's second solo album. Radio Chaos. Um, it's very much um, it's a concept album. It's about uh, 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 um, and I mean um, yes.
Roger Waters is pretentious. Yes, but I mean assholeish pretentious. That's Roger Waters. Well, okay. So. <laughs> Album number three, Amused to Death, was a classic return to form. Not. about in the middle here where he gets Marv Albert to do like a play-by-play -play, I guess of a war scene and then this poor woman having to sing these words and the Germans kill the Jews and the Jews kill the Arabs and the Arabs kill the hostages and that is the news and is it any wonder that the monkey's confused he said I just, I can't imagine having to face her in the studio after she has to read the lyrics and go up to a microphone and sing this. I hate to say it as a fan, but Roger Waters has done nothing. Not one album, not one song that's been even remotely listenable since the final cut. And that's one of my favorite Pink Floyd albums. Through the fish-eyed lens of tear-stained eyes I can barely define the shape of this moment in time And far from flying high in clear blue skies I'm spiraling down the hole in the ground where I hide If you negotiate the minefield in pride And beat the dogs and cheat cold electronic eyes And if you make it past the shotgun There you have it, it seems to show that Pink Floyd needed Roger Waters as much as Roger Waters needed Pink Floyd. Wait, what's that saying? Not as good as the sum of your parts? Or something like that? That was Pink Floyd.
defy Show you my dark side Will you still hold me Tonight And if I Open my heart to you Show you my weak side What would you do? This show in particular is just kind of having fun and letting us talk about these periods with the artists that we love so that when we do the episodes on them specifically, we can spend time on the great stuff. And the feathers floated by I stood and held your hand And nobody else's hand will ever do Nobody else Stevie Wonder puts out a double album of nothing but music for plants. For plants? Appropriately, the album was named Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. And it's all instrumental, for the most part. For plants? And I don't think he's really done a great album since then. He had a chain of great albums, pretty much from the time we'd ever heard of him. Then he had a really bad car accident. He wasn't driving, of course. And it changed him. He never quite seemed to get back what he had. And don't even get me started on Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne. That's that's a whole show in themselves. Yeah. Black Sabbath having 14 different lead singers and uh, actually had an album uh, with Ice T rapping in the middle. Your soul secretes insecurity, so you live on the reflection side of the mirror. You're terrified of true power. And then Ozzy changes the words to one of his most iconic songs, Changes, from the Black Sabbath days, so that he can do a duet with his daughter. This is a message to my daughter. If I ever try to do something so cheesy as this, kick me in the face. I feel unhappy.
Duran Duran doing a whole album of really bad covers. Lay, lady, lay, lay across my big brass bed. Thank you. Aerosmith, to me, ever since they showed up at the Super Bowl with Britney Spears, it's just been one indignity after another to a fan. And now Steve Tyler wants to go country, and seems like Carrie Underwood is his new drinking buddy or something. And this just sounds like the kind of country we were talking about before, this bad regurgitated pop with a twang. I mean, the guy's from Boston, he's trying to sing with a Nashville accent. I love you, Steven, but come on, man. You were like a brother to me. Bob Dylan had his self-portrait album. Why must you always try to make me over? Take me as I am or let me go. Damn it! And a handful of gospel albums in the 70s. If you find it in your heart, can I be forgiven? What the hell? And some tripe in the 80s. Well, I had to move fast, and I couldn't with you around my neck. I said I'd send for you, and I did. What did you expect? And then kind of found his way back to decent music. This time. Can you guess what band did this song? Sorry, but that is the wrong answer. The correct answer is the Beach Boys. This song was performed by the Beach Boys in 1979. That is kind of fucked up, huh? Oh, I can't wait to do a whole episode on Prince. Welcome. When you wish to begin this program, place your right hand on the scanner and tightly clinch up your butt cheeks as you might feel a slight electrical shock. 
I love Prince. Prince is great. And he has his moments too. Why are you so arrogant? To the darkness, let there be light. To the sound man, turn up my voice real tight. He needs an editor. Turn down the lights. Turn down the bed. Turn down these voices. Inside my head Lay down on me Tell me no lies Just hold me close Between my thighs It's not like he's going to listen to anybody. Another experience. Please access another experience. Everybody wants to find graffiti bridge. Something to believe in. A reason to believe that there's a heaven above. Please access another Why should he? He's Prince. What's happening, babe? Get out of my I want you to meet some friends of mine. No, you'll like them. They're, they're musicians. Chris Cornell, one of the best singers in rock history of Audio Slave and Soundgarden. An incredible solo career as well.
except for this album Scream, where he used producer Timbaland to try to get a more modern sound. By modern, I mean ridiculous. A lot of times, I, I think some of these bands, they, they hear stuff that's going on, they like what's going on, but their style of music, their genre doesn't match that. This is the Untitled Podcast. <laughs> we all love Freddie Mercury. Queen is one of my favorite bands growing up, and I mean, I was hanging in there. They did The Game, which is a very popular and commercial album. I loved it. I still love it. Then they did the Flash Gordon soundtrack. Flash! then decided to make a funk record. Hot Space. From the cover to the production, a disaster. We never really quite recovered from that. Never came to the States again after the war. But managed to stay popular around the world. And like the rest of these artists, Freddie holds a special place in our heart no matter what. That's about the stupidest song. He's done more than enough. In the end, he's a legend and nobody can touch it. I am forever searching high and low. But why does everybody tell me no? Neptune of the seas, an answer for me, please. The lily of the valley. We'll do a part two to this at some point. It's too easy. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rod Stewart. Now when I say big fan of Rod Stewart, I don't mean anything after about 1972. Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you there's no one else above you? But I loved his work with the Faces and the Jeff Beck group. And I have a pretty high standard for covers, especially Motown covers. But his version of this Temptation song is brilliant. I think he just quit wanting to be a rock star. And he wanted to be a pop guy. And that's fine. I'm sure he made a lot more money. 
Can't forget our good buddy Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Took him 24 years or something to make Chinese democracy. The credits read like a book. He hired and fired so many people to put this together. And it was a bomb. Axel took probably the greatest, greatest new band of the 80s, or the band that helped kill hair metal, and just turned them into a corporation with ever-changing employees. Management's fired numerous times. He couldn't get along with Slash and his bandmates and supermodel Stephanie Seymour. He became sort of a Howard Hughes-type figure in rock. And now Slash is uh, going to work with them again which uh, I can't imagine. That'd be like Abel wanting to work with Kane again. To show what a sensitive guy he is, I've done a mashup between an original song and him doing a cover of it. There's a time it's called Look at Your Game, Girl. And at the end, I'll tell you who did the original. The time keeps on flying Think you're loving, baby And all you're doing is crying Can you feel Ah, those feelings real Look at your game, girl Look at your game, girl What a mad illusion Living in that confusion Frustration and doubt Can you ever live without That would be American serial killer, Charles Manson. You dick! We love music. Yeah. We love to talk about music. Yeah. We love to point out the silly things, the stupid things, the fun things. Yeah. And it makes it so much more interesting. Yeah. I want to thank my good buddy, Paul Richter. Yeah. I hope he's going to be back on the show with me on a regular basis. Yeah. We'll see you next week. I plan on dropping one of these every Friday. Yeah. You can find us on iTunes and Hotbean and SoundCloud. Yeah. Shut up already! This has been produced by Donnie Shattuck.